Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio, where steel and soil meet. I am Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from New Jersey, and I thank you for joining me here today. We meet on Rural Radio, channel 147 on Sirius XM, every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, and then again on Sunday at 6 p.m. to talk machinery, equipment, engines, and anything else that is used on a farm or ranch. I want to invite you to also visit my website, farmmachinerydigest.com, and take full advantage of all the educational material that is there, and also to listen to my podcast, Idle Chatter. You can find it on any website, on my website, excuse me, on any website, and almost any other platform that hosts podcasts, right? That'd be great on every website in the world. I don't think so. Boy, this year is really flying by. Tomorrow, it will be November 1st, and that is crazy how fast it went. We finished our sweet corn harvest very early this year, not by choice, but by hail. But that allowed me to get my cover crop in sooner than ever before. I seeded triticale, crimson clover, and daikon radish, you know, tillage radish, on September 15th. I broadcast the seed, and since it rained the next day and the following week had some good drizzles, nice heavy drizzles, it germinated in less than five days. With the warm weather we had and the more than sufficient moisture, we never had a cover so established as this one is so early. To me, and this is only one man's opinion, a humble opinion, many people overthink cover crops. I have gone to a number of seminars about cover cropping, and I believe that they are overcomplicating things. I feel the most important aspect is to recognize the basic concepts of having a living root in the ground, year-round to feed the beneficial organisms, fungi and earthworms, anything beyond that is overkill. Next, you decide on what you're looking to accomplish with the cover and how it will impact you next spring. I am no agronomist, but picking a species that will meet your criteria is the last step, and then obviously getting it either into or on the soil, and then you're done. Give it no more thought. My goal with covers is to build organic matter, feed the living soil, protect from erosion, and help alleviate compaction. Compassion, right? I have compassion for the soil. Not, I don't want compaction. I guess it boils down to putting my fields to bed for the winter the proper way. And based on that premise, getting ready for winter, we need to do the same thing with our seasonal machinery. Just as cover crops will reward me with better ground to plant into, properly storing your machinery will do the same. Yes, you're not going to be able to see the results on a soil test in the spring, but you will be rewarded with equipment that will be ready to roll or do whatever it does when the time comes. So, on today's show, I am going to represent some tips that many often overlook when storing machinery of any type. This way you could sleep tight in those cold winter nights. And never forget, agriculture runs on machinery, but profits on reliability. Now, Sirius XM lets you keep listening to Fox News Primetime outside the car. Take the five. Brett Baer, Martha McCallum, Neil Cavuto, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, and Shannon Bream on the go with the Sirius XM app. Plus, hear special interviews and highlights. The Fox News Primetime lineup. 
whenever you want, wherever you want, with the Sirius XM app. The Sirius XM app is now included free for most subscribers. Just download the app today and tap news. This is for the farmers, the ranchers, the manufacturers, and producers, the growers, and the showers. This is for you. The ones staying on your feet and doing the legwork. Giving it the elbow grease and putting your back into it. Over your head, against the odds, and still, every single day, putting on your game face. You keep this whole thing together, even when you're already bursting at the seams. Thank you. Thank you for showing us how to keep going. Thank you for growing the economy we rely on, for producing the goods we consume, and manufacturing solutions where there are none. Even when there is no clear road ahead, you are the ones blazing the trail and always going the extra mile. You are the backbone of rural America, and we always have your back. RFD TV, rural America's most important network. And Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer. And as I said in the opening segment, we're going to be discussing how to put your equipment to bed for the winter. And obviously, this is going to be this is going to be application specific. That's an engineering term that's akin to like read all label instructions on a pesticide, but uh, application specific to where you are in the country. So, for instance, if you're down in Florida or Louisiana, where it doesn't really get that cold, you're still going to need to need to accomplish everything that I'm going to tell you. But some things are not going to be as critical as others. And then conversely, if you're up in in Montana or Minnesota or North North Dakota, where it's going to get very cold, then you'll have a little bit more concerns in certain areas. But ultimately, these steps, I think I wrote down seven or eight steps that I wanted to cover in today's show. And I'm not going to go through the basics. All right. I mean, you guys know the basics. I want to take you to a level. That's what this whole program, this radio show is about, taking you to a higher level to have a transfer of knowledge, not to go over stuff that you already know. So I'm going to go in no particular order. And some of this is going to pertain to any type of equipment. So it could be a tractor, a combine, it could be a, a piece of tillage equipment, it could be a plant or what have you. And then, uh, and then some things will be specific to uh, machinery with an engine. So without any further ado, let's roll into this so we could get ready for the winter, right? Excuse me. All right. So the first thing, now uh, uh, another caveat to this is that these things these steps i believe that you should follow whether it's inside storage or outside storage and i will try to uh, break that down as we go along all right so the first thing is we're going to want to wash grease and wax and i said in that in that order not wash wax and grease and wash grease and wax and i don't care whether it's tillage equipment whether it's a tractor whether it's a sprayer what have you the important thing to realize here is that when farm equipment is dirty and dusty, even though it's not moving when it's in storage, and believe it or not, and people have a hard time believing this, 
is that just through gravity and through natural motion, air motion in, this, in, the, in where the equipment is stored, if it's stored even inside, the idea that the heat kicks on, people are walking around, you open the shop door, what have you, that the, that the dust and the grime and the dirt will gravitate into any place that, they, that it can. So don't go into, into universal joints, it'll go into pivot points or what have you. So also keep in mind that the dust will hold moisture and that's very, very important that you don't want it to hold moisture. So you want to wash the equipment, you want to grease it. And why am I saying to grease it before you wax it? Because you want to take and you want to use the grease to push all of the moisture and dirt out of whatever that fitting or joint is, obviously wipe it back off again and you want to fill that cavity with grease because the grease itself will will protect that part from corrosion from rust and also act as a vapor barrier so it's very very important and obviously wipe off the grease that comes out of the fitting that you have left behind and comes out of the joint so it's nice and clean and then you want to wax it all right so now when you're waxing it what you're doing is you're protecting those metals yes it's going to look pretty it's going to look nice i'm not going to deny that but we're, we're not doing this for aesthetics aesthetics is an aside to this we want to do this because we want to keep our machinery and our equipment in proper working condition and reliable so the step of waxing it is extremely important and a lot of people might think well i have inside heated storage i'm not going to wax it the same thing is you're going to have humidity and you're not it's not a hermetically sealed environment it's not an it's not a humid humidity controlled environment and if that piece of equipment is sitting then again whether it has an engine or whether it's a piece of whether it's a plant or a piece of tillage equipment it is going to be exposed to moisture and the fact is that by waxing it you are going to protect those metal surfaces now if you have something like a planter and it has a lot of well today you know uh, iso bus connections all types of connections what i'd also suggest for you to do is uh, get some plastic little sandwich bags and you could use some electrical tape or duct tape and tape up all of the connections all the wiring harness ends because then again over time that they will actually have moisture wicking and even a better idea to before you even tape it up if you were so inclined is when you're in town buy a can of clear spray silicone you want the clear you don't want the white stuff clear spray silicone and spray into those pin connectors and all those electrical connectors and then those wiring harnesses that are unplugged put a uh you could put a rubber band around it. what you want to do is it you're not going to be submersing it with water and even if it's outside in the weather but you want to try to keep that moisture away from wicking into that wiring harness all right the next thing that i suggest for you to do which is very important is to park the equipment and or the implement whatever it may be on a vapor barrier and a vapor barrier just needs to be something like a plastic tarp you could go to town they have those cheap inexpensive plastic tarps i mean obviously if you're parking a combine you need a pretty big one if you have a planter and it's folded up well you know you need a big one also right so but you want to get a plastic tarp and you want to park the equipment on the plastic tarp. then again inside storage outside storage cold storage heated storage that regardless what's going to happen is moisture is going to wick up through the floor whether that floor is concrete or that floor is soil outside it's going to wick up through the floor and equipment and this stands for it is you know for semi trucks that you that you're not using is that you want to put down a vapor barrier 
but more important, but the most important thing is on your farm equipment, you don't want that moisture to be be coming up out of the ground. And it's very, very simple. Like I said, park it on a plastic tarp. I, I do that with my equipment. It works very, very well. And also, if you are forced to park something outside over the winter, do this, obviously do the same thing. It's much more important. A lot of people lull themselves into a false sense of security because, ah, well, the, the, you know, it's in a building, what's going to happen? Well, you know, concrete gets moist. Uh, the, the, the humidity wicks up. I mean, case closed. I mean, you know, it's things rust and they, and you know, even if it's not visible rust, you, you get rust into joints, you get rust into harnesses, you get rust into different components and a little bit of corrosion, the piece of tillage equipment. All right. It's very, very important. It's simple enough. I mean, if you don't want to cover your whole shop in vapor barriers, depending upon how much equipment you have, then obviously try to 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 park the most valuable and the most complicated equipment on a vapor barrier but anytime you could put a vapor barrier under anything is you are definitely going to help it and don't be lulled into thinking concrete does not have moisture coming up next thing is we want to do is we want to fully charge the battery and this is specifically important in the colder climate because a battery that is fully charged will not have a tendency will minimize the tendency for it to crack during the winter and the reason why it would crack in the winter it would freeze now if you're obviously farming in louisiana then you don't have to be overly concerned with the battery cracking but north dakota if it's going to be 30 or 40 below zero or up in canada then obviously that becomes an issue so it could be your decision to pull the battery out and put it someplace where it's stable more of a stable temperature or warmer temperature but regardless of whether you pull it out or or leave it in the piece of equipment you need to fully charge it so you doesn't have to be in a trickle charger all winter it just needs to be fully charged when you put it to bed and then again depending upon the year of the equipment and the, the the type of equipment it is you may choose to disconnect the battery ground cable now if if why would you dis, why does it make a difference what year the equipment is well if you have an old john deere 4020 or an old ford 9n that you have laying around the farm all right the thing is that has no electrical load would it shut off but anything that is a more modern piece of equipment, then it's going to have some what they call keep alive memory. So the microprocessors are going to be constantly drawing. Granted, it may be only a tenth of an amp, but it's but it's going to be constantly drawing 24 hours a day. So you want to disconnect that battery ground cable so you don't have that draw and, and weaken the battery over the months of storage. Then again, it depends where you are all right if if you're in florida and only going to store it for a month or two well that's up to you and then if it's if it's if you're up in north dakota and you're going to store it for five or six months let's say like a combine seven eight months it's going to be your call but the take-home message here even with your lawn tractor is charge the battery and if it has anything that stays active even an hour meter on a lawn tractor I mean, that may be overkill, but if you disconnect the ground with a charged battery, you are going to be safe. All right, the next thing on my list over here is sample all fluids, then determine if they need to be changed, and then also use the fluid sampling to, to identify a pending failure. 
Remember, fluid sampling, and that's hydraulic fluid, engine oil, transmission fluid, coolant is used to, to tell the condition of the coolant and to look for foreign material in it. Now, that's an age-old question because a lot of people say, well, should I put the, you know, for instance, like a combine? A combine is big, it's expensive, it holds a lot of oil, and it doesn't get used all year round. So the question people say, should I put it to bed with the with clean oil in it, or should I put it to bed with with the with the old oil and change it the next the season? And their argument is, well, if you put it to bed with the with the old oil or with clean oil, then it's going to wick in moisture over over the winter time or before you use it again. Well, the fact of the matter is, there's two components that are that you need to be concerned with with old oil. And number one is the sludge and acids and moisture that are in it, all right, which the, the moisture and the, and the moisture will create sludge and acids that are that will attack the internal engine parts or hydraulic parts or what have you, or transmission parts. It's all basically the same. And the other thing basically is that when it's sitting, it will obviously wick in more moisture. So if it has some moisture in it to begin with, it's only going to gain moisture. And also at that particular point, the additive package is degraded or partially degraded. So that is why I suggest, if if you're doing a lawn tractor, you're doing a small little tractor you use around a farm or something like that to, to auger things or whatever, then you'd probably be better off just changing the oil because even if it's sitting all winter, the amount of moisture that will be wicked is minimal than what could possibly be with it with the condensation of it shutting on and off so if you have a bigger piece of equipment do your do your do your um i would say soil sampling do you do your fluid analysis do your oil analysis because the oil analysis will tell you whether how the additive package is in that oil uh, the strength of the additive package whether it has any fuel in it, whether it has any moisture in it, and more and most importantly if anything is going on and you need to understand that the analysis is going to point to a potential pending problem you're not going to have on whether it's a hydraulic pump whether it's a transmission whether it's an engine on any piece of equipment have a have a part start to fail internally and that interfaces with a with a fluid whether the fluid be engine coolant or whether the fluid be hydraulic oil or engine oil whatever and not have some residue in that oil so the fluid analysis is very important then in a bigger piece of equipment it's like a combine right you could say well geez the oil analysis comes back that there's no moisture in it. the additive package is still very strong and i don't need to be concerned with acid and moisture attacking this engine while it's sitting so i will leave that oil in it and i will service it next spring does it make sense to you we're identifying what's going on and it's very very important we don't want to just go it's like looking and doing a soil sample we're not just going out there and throwing nutrients we need to see what's going on but then again like i said with smaller engines you're better off just changing it unless you just just changed it the other day but uh keep that in mind now the other thing to keep in mind even though i said antifreeze most people don't send engine coolant to a lab they use a either a, a hydrometer or a refractometer and all they're concerned with is the the freeze point and then even if they use some sort of uh, uh, test strip to determine the additive uh, package in there the thing is that what you want to do is you want to make sure that the additives are let me back up for a second you know specifically something like with a combine 
is that on any engine, when an engine is working hard, that fluid goes through, and I've said this many times in the show, nucleate boiling, it boils in the cylinder head, it's supposed to boil in the cylinder head. That's what it, how it takes the heat out of the cylinder head. This boiling and cooling and recondensing is what, a, is what consumes the additive package. And then when the additive package is consumed, it is not going to negatively impact the, the, the coolant's ability to not freeze because that's the glycol component of the coolant, not the additive package. It's the, the coolant will be completely spent and take it to your 30 below zero. It's not going to freeze. But while the piece of equipment, and you know, a lot of people don't realize is that even though that engine is not running, it's in storage, is that coolant is interfacing with the head gasket, with the cylinder head, with different, like the heater core, and albeit at a slower rate, but it will deteriorate those parts. So please also check that coolant, then again, on a smaller engine, you know, don't just be cons- uh, smaller engines. You could change it, but don't just be concerned with freeze. Freeze point obviously is a, is a, an important fact, but I'm more I'm more worried about the additive package. All right. The next thing I want to talk about quickly is overinflate the tires by at least ten pounds. For every ten degrees Fahrenheit, a tire is going to lose one psi of pressure. So if you aired up those tires, let's say they're, they're supposed to have fifteen pounds, and it was forty-five degrees when you put it away, the tire was forty-five degrees, and the temperature drops drops to uh, to fifteen degrees. All right, so it's thirty degrees. It's going to lose three pounds. If it drops to zero, it's going to lose more. So for every 10 degrees Fahrenheit, it's going to lose one pound. And conversely, for every 10 degrees Fahrenheit, the temperature goes up, it's going to gain one pound. So all tires have a, have a natural leakage through the bead, through the core, not uh, the core, I mean, because the casing isn't probably a better word, not the core. So you probably want to overinflate those by at least 10 pounds and let them sit for the natural leakage. All right, the next thing that I want you to do is cover the, and this is an engines, obviously, cover the inlet, the exhaust, and the dipstick with the dipstick tube with, with a plastic bag. Remember, on every engine, there is going to be a valve that is open. So you want to cover, you want to stop the moisture from wicking in. Uh, and the tailpipe, obviously, you want to stop the moisture. So I said the exhaust, the, the moisture from wicking into that engine. So you want to cover that up. And like with the dipstick, you could just go around there with some electrical tape. But the inlet doesn't have to look pretty. You could take a plastic bag, a garbage bag, and put it on there tight. And you could use a bungee cord or some electrical tape or some rope. You want the same thing with the tailpipe. You want to try to cover it up. I mean, you want to try to cover it up so it's a better, you know, years ago, you used to put a coffee can like on the exhaust of the tractor. You want something better than that you want to cover then again if it's inside or outside you don't want to keep that let that moisture wick into that engine and the last thing on engines do not run them i mean people i'm gonna warm them up and run them get the oil circulated yeah let me put it this way the worst thing there's about 1100 percent more wear in an engine when it's cold and an engine that sits and idles till temperature it, all it's going to do it's not going to heat the oil it's going to put more condensation in it it's going to be running richer even on a diesel it doesn't have a true richmond circuit you can have poor vaporization of the fuel and you do not need to run it you, if you're going to run it it's got to get it's got to get hot and run for 20 15 20 minutes and not idle for 15 20 minutes to be put it under 
the load. And a lot of farm equipment, a sprayer, a combine, uh, maybe a bigger track tractor, you're not going to be able to do that. It does not need to be run. That's an old wives' tale. So let it sit, put it to bed like you would with your soil, and then everything will be good. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to a very special show. Country music history comes alive with stars, songs, and stories. You know, we're blessed with great stars here on our show tonight. The face and voice of country music on TV and radio. Having a good time? This is going to be fun. Country Music Hall of Fame member Ralph Emery. Sunday right here on America's only agribusiness and western lifestyle network, Rural Radio. There's more to come here on the Ralph Emery Show. The Market Day Report, five hours of news that matters to rural America. The markets, the lifeblood of information for farmers and ranchers. Global markets are really in turmoil yet again today. We drill down past the numbers and see what's moving these markets. When this thing starts to turn around, you better look out. And a weather report tailored to fit the needs of family farmers. Very active weather day across a majority of rural America. Market Day Report, weekdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. We know you love rodeo as much as we do. And now, with the Cowboy Channel Plus app, there's a whole lot more to love. So whether you're listening to live rodeo action from across the country, browsing the archive to catch up on past events, or following along while you listen on the radio, we want to hear about it. Shoot an email to Patrick at RFDTV.com to let Rural Media Group founder and president Patrick Gotch know how you are using the Cowboy Channel Plus. Don't have it yet? Sign up at CowboyChannelPlus.com today. Well, I went long on that segment, so uh, we're not going to have any toolbox test this week, and we're not going to have a reader's letter, last week, listener's letter, I should say, I always say from publishing business, reader's letter, so we will pick that up again next week. Uh, we had, last week's show was all special delivery letters, but I want to talk on briefly, I only have a minute or two here before I have to say goodbye to you, is that now, gasoline-powered equipment or diesel-powered equipment that you need to run during the winter, let's say like a backup generator something a snowblower what have you let's talk about gasoline quickly is that you need to realize that just like there's summer gas summer grasses and and, and cool season grasses and warm season grasses there's warm season gasoline and cold and cold season gasoline and it's the formulation of the gasoline so if you have a backup generator that you run and you have a snowblower or something, you want to make sure that it has a winter blend of gasoline in it because that winter blend of gasoline is going to be imperative for it to be able to start on a cold day. And that the vaporization rate is going to be different. And also with diesel fuel and equipment, even if it's going to sit all winter, you need to treat that. And if it's a piece of equipment that is going to need that needs to run in the winter, let's say a diesel tractor that you want to use to plow snow or you're feeding cows or something with it, then please make sure that you have a good additive package in that that's going to not only 
stop it from gelling but keep it keep moisture out and sludge out and what have you so listen i went long today on that segment but i want you to know that the hot rod farmer is pulling for you the american farmer and rancher and my beloved beloved america you have a blessed day i'll catch you next week and we'll get back to the proper proper format for the show and i uh, thank you so much for listening any questions just email me at hot rod farmer at farm machinery digest.com bye it's smart to make the right agronomic choices and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them with the bear plus rewards program you earn cash back on seed herbicides and other eligible products and it keeps getting smarter because now you can earn an additional 10 percent bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer to learn more contact your retailer today Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. RFD-TV brings the ag industry news you care about. A lot of producers really looked at the hope Mm -hmm. of being able to get this deal done. Tailored forecasts for farmers and ranchers. You can see the pockets of red across Texas. That has become a problem. And going forward in time, we just don't have a lot of rainfall headed that way. Live, direct reports from the trading floor with expert market analysis. We have Oliver Slope standing by, and he is with Blue Line Futures. Well, the the outside markets are going to be the the driving factor and the focal point in this week's trade. A focus on Washington ag policy. RFD-TV's Emily Buck joins us from our Washington, D.C. News Bureau. The president reaffirms his commitment for rural America, supporting farmers through the pandemic. And live reports from across the nation. See lots of fun and exciting stories, especially lots of hard work that goes into this. Stories you'll find only on RFD-TV, celebrating our 20th year as Rural America's most important network. The Rural Evening News, the only primetime newscast that matters to rural America. That report is out, caught me by surprise. Grain and livestock markets kind of going all over the place. The weather outlook for the coming days. This system is really picking up some steam. And Western sports. An incredible ride you will have to see to believe. In one jam-packed half hour. The Rural Evening News, weeknights at 7.30 Eastern. On Rural Radio, Channel 147, the agribusiness and Western Lifestyle Channel.